Welcome to PeopleTech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. I'm Mark Pfeffer. My guest today is Dan Finnegan, the CEO of Filtered AI. Their platform evaluates candidates with brief, comprehensive job simulations, all customized to an employer's tech stack. We're going to explore the changing role of job simulations, what candidates think about it, and more on this edition of PeopleTech. Hello, Dan. It's good to see you. So, what does Filter do? I mean, what's the value proposition? Well, filtered um, allows companies to interview candidates all over the world with a um, a rich uh, automated interview that simulates the job and therefore simulates the skills one would um, uh, do on the first day of the job. So in other words, um, a lot of the work we do today is cloud-based. Um, filtered focuses on um, now job simulations that are in the cloud. We started off as a coding simulation platform targeted towards engineering hiring. And we then moved into data science um, simulations and therefore the hiring of data scientists. We recently launched an overall job simulation platform for any job on the cloud, first focused on uh, DevOps uh, job simulations. So when you think about what happens on the first day of the job, a new employee gets a laptop configured with the tool sets that they will use on the job. We simulate that, we record it, and we enable um, hiring managers to ask questions and video record the answers so that candidates can explain their work. And we um, have fraud detection capabilities um, that enable the company to verify that the person is who they say they are. Um, you know, you're talking about job simulations. Um, do, do they really work? I mean, are they are they true simulations or are they just kind of in a little box that's kind of like a, you know, real day on the job? No, they really do work. I mean, the, the first one we did was um, to take an IDE cloud-based coding environment, but enable it to be configured to any of the languages and tool sets that an engineer would use on the first day of the job. So it was focused only on coding simulations because we felt very strongly that coding tests don't really assess one's coding skills. We also believe that recruiting was overly reliant on people's resume and their job history. There is a blog post, I should get the name of it, of a uh, Silicon Valley CTO who said that the only way to interview an engineer, a uh, software engineer, is to watch him, him or her code for an hour. And Filtered kind of foresaw that need 
and, and built a completely configurable IDE coding environment. And Autoscore is the output, meaning you're asked to create software that can actually run mm -hmm. and will score the results uh, relative to the uh, goals of the hiring manager, what tests they want to have verified in the results. Um, what we've done since then is we built a live version of this so that when an engineer does coding work, um, it's all recorded. They're auto scored on the output, but lots of other signals and information is also recorded that you can go back and look at. How often did they run tests? Um, did they use code from somewhere else on the web to help them out? Maybe their GitHub or did a search. All that's recorded. What we created after the pandemic, because some of our customers said, I can't bring anyone into the office anymore. We created a live version so that the hiring manager and the candidate could get into the same virtual room with all of the recorded uh, work done by the candidate ported into the room, a room that has a whiteboard you can draw on together. But more importantly, where the hiring manager and the candidate can code together. Mm -hmm. And the hiring manager can talk about, um, I see how you did this. We would have uh, preferred if you had tried something like this. Um, in the act of doing that, like a lot of new technology startups, we had an epiphany and realized that we'd essentially created a terminal experience, a cloud terminal experience. And that's when we decided we should do this for any cloud-based work. And that's when we started first focused on DevOps. So you asked, you know, is this like the real day on the job? Uh, we have for one company have been working with them on creating a cloud interview using their own robotic operating system that engineers use on the for you know at some point when they get into the job. Um, for 66 degrees, which is the largest provider of Google Cloud uh, consulting services, we created a virtual machine for their interviews where the DevOps candidates can configure Docker containers and use Terraform to instantiate them. So yes, we take very seriously the opportunity to recreate the work, the skills-based work that one would do on the first day of the job and essentially ship them their laptop that they will use on day one. You know, there's a lot of talk out there that it's hard to find talent, um, especially technology talent. And here's a pretty sophisticated tool. Um, are those things sort of in, in conflict that you have employers really needing to, to find people, but then turning to technology to kind of dive in deeper um, and make it possibly a little more challenging for the candidate? Well, there's no doubt that... Um the supply and demand of engineers is such that there's not enough engineers to meet the demand. I mean, every company essentially is in, in my last, in my professional uh, background has become a technology company. Mm 
Every company has moved its operations to the cloud. Every company needs front-end engineers, back-end engineers, full-stack engineers, data scientists, now DevOps engineers. Um, cybersecurity is an emerging field that virtually every company needs to uh, build their skill base in. So it is true that um, the supply isn't what is needed. That said, uh, especially pre-pandemic, we were pretty anchored to our swanky offices with you know, toys and food and beautiful views in order to attract top talent. Um, and we would recruit within a communal radius of different locations. Um, that has kind of gone out the window with the pandemic. And the entire globe has become a company's talent pool. As a result, your, your criteria for hiring people has become more skills-based. I want to verify that they can do what we need them to do, as opposed to other more subjective criteria about how will they fit into our office and our office culture. And so and the plain reality is um, interviewing someone who may be on the other side of the globe in a different time zone requires you to verify that they are who they are and that they have the skills that you need on the first day in the job. I would also say that um, it's no secret now that the economy is going through some adjustments post-pandemic, and the number of candidates applying for jobs is actually rising. And as a result, um, companies have streamlined their recruiting departments, and this typically happens in every recession I've seen in the recruiting industry. The first people to go are the, are the recruiters, the hiring managers still expected to fill the positions when someone leaves a job. And in the case of most companies, the engineering hiring marches forward. But now they're recruiting across the globe. So what Filter does is offer an opportunity for a company to automate at scale a much richer, deeper interview. The final thing I want to say is that if you're not if you're a candidate and you're a high-end uh, engineer, it did matter to go visit the office that they were going to require you to drive to every day. You did want to see where you're going to work. Uh, now, the only way to really understand what it's going to be like to work at a new company, where you may never visit someone in person or very rarely, is to understand what the work's going to be and what their expectations are of you. And so we've had over 50,000 candidates rate us and give us a over 4.6 rating in terms of experience. So we believe that uh, providing a job simulation provides the candidate the information they need to decide whether the jobs are fit for them. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. 
We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. So what is the difference between, um, say, coding tests and a job simulation? Well, a coding test isn't literally doing the work. It is you're asking a question. Typically, there's multiple choice answers, and you can pick one. Um, there's not a great opportunity to show your work, so you may guess between two and get it wrong. But most importantly, it's not literally what you do on the job. You don't take tests on the job. You solve problems. And um, it's, it is a judgment call on what kind of person do you want to hire and what kind of problem solver you want to hire. And so I really like what that CTO said when he said that the best way to interview a software engineer is to watch them code for an hour. Some hiring managers may want speed uh, to be an important factor. Some may not care about speed and only care about how creative they are at solving a particular problem. Um, so what we try to do is work with every client on what, what is your tech stack? What are the tool sets you're going to have um, your candidates, if hired, use on the first day of the job? Why don't you provide some of your code? And we can, you, a lot of, for example, first things that new engineering, new engineers do on the job is debug code. Why? Because they learn the code base that they're going to be working with over the next few years. So we've created uh, simulations to debug code. Um, and it's testing a real live skill, debugging code that you didn't write or refactoring code you didn't write. Um, it's, it's assessing that skill. That's not a test. That's a real simulation of what you'd be doing on the job. How do, um, how do candidates feel all, how do candidates feel about all this? It is, I do believe candidates are tired of lots of things. Um, they, we hear all the time that candidates don't like a lengthy process that goes on too long. Filter allows companies to make a quicker decision to make decisions faster. I think candidates will like that. Um, candidates don't like taking coding tests that don't teach them anything about what the job is gonna be like. Um, as, as I said, we provide candidates a real first day on the job work experience. Um, candidates don't like being asked um, questions that are they see as beneath them that didn't detect that they already have the, cer the certain skill. And they don't obviously like being asked questions that are not a fit with their skills. Um, we try to, we believe in and job transparency and providing a candidate as, as clear a picture of what the job would be like so they can self-select in or out. But um, I think candidates who worry about leaving one job for a new job, having never physically visited with any of the hiring managers they'll be working with, really do appreciate the opportunity to prove their worth, show their skills, demonstrate as opposed to talk about their, their skills and um, allow them the opportunity to make the decision based on what that experience was like. Now, years ago, when I was in, in school for, for journalism, 
Um, we were told not to agree to an editing test if we weren't allowed to use a dictionary. And the thought was basically that real newsrooms in the real world have dictionaries. So it wasn't an unfair, it was an unfair requirement. Does that kind of situation take place um, or is it introduced by some employers where um, the, the assessment or the, the, the test or the experience makes a task more difficult than it really needs to be? That's a really good question. Um, I actually, it makes me realize I should have also said that in our, um, for example, in our fraud detection capabilities, we don't limit uh, where a candidate can go to get help on uh, fulfilling the, the job simulation challenge. We just track it. And so a hiring manager can watch a candidate go to their own GitHub depository, pull code in and show that they particularly know how to do the kind of work that you're going to ask them to do. Or they can just do a Google search and look and look for ways to solve the problem in a way that um, the company may not like because it reveals that they don't know as much as they should know about a particular language or area. It's up to, in other words, the hiring manager to decide. But our belief is that what you just said about being a journalist back in the day where you're going to have a dictionary, several, and in, over time, online dictionaries that you can use, um, that that is the way you should simulate a job. They're going to be working typically from home in their home office. They're going to have lots of resources at their fingertips. You're hiring them to navigate that world on your behalf to solve problems. That's what you want to verify in an interview. So we try to recreate exactly what it will be like when they're working at home from their home laptop. Um, this this technology does it does it expand the employer's reach in terms of finding candidates and, and vetting them, you know, globally as opposed to, to locally? And does it change the amount of homework that they have to do? Well, it certainly um, enables companies to be much more comfortable interviewing people anywhere in the globe because it is a skill-based uh, hiring process, less subjective. It, it verifies that people can do what you need them to do regardless of where they're located. I think companies still limit their talent pool selection to the regions they know, the schools they know, the companies they know, um, because they've been looking at these resumes for years and years, and in order to save time, limit their talent pool to certain schools, certain companies, certain words on a resume. Certainly, they use their ATSs to self-select candidates who put certain words in their resume. We believe that that's an inexact methodology. Um, um, not criticizing, it's just not skills-based. And so we do think that this enables companies to broaden their funnel and um, be comfortable taking in candidates from anywhere in the globe. Your second question again was? Um, don't employers still have a lot of research to do? I mean, this, this is making 
this is giving them a more detailed and probably more accurate yeah. view of the candidates working. But it, it doesn't erase a whole lot of responsibility for the employer, does it? No, it doesn't. Um, but that's why we provide um, the hiring managers and the recruiting professionals not only a great library of um, both environments, images, as well as challenges, but we work with them to create challenges that they may, um, as I said, you know, with a with one company wanting to assess the ability to use their own robotic operating system. So it, it does, I think, require um, hiring managers and recruiters to sit down and ask the question, we will be happy or unhappy after 90 days if the candidate has accomplished what, with what tools? What are we gonna have them do on the first day of the job? And that then the articulation of that, we recreate it on that virtual uh, laptop and then they can feel much better that the candidates they actually interview in person have been vetted to do the job. Dan, it's been great talking with you. I really appreciate your time and I hope you'll come back. Oh, I would love to. And I very much appreciate your time as well. My guest today has been Dan Finnegan the CEO of Filtered AI. And this has been People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. We're a publication of Recruiting Daily. We're also a part of Evergreen Podcasts. To see all of their programs, visit www.evergreenpodcasts.com. And to keep up with HR technology, visit the HCM Technology Report every day. We're the most trusted source of news in the HR tech industry. Find us at www.hcmtechnologyreport.com. I'm Mark Pfeffer. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We, we out. The world's best known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.